0: family, welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus when they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ, and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, ladies. We are here again to do another woman of faith that we can learn from, that we can glean from. And I love it. I love talking about women of um, our church history, women of our faith to kind of spur us on. God uses his women to do um, dynamic things. We are um, such a beautiful uh, ministry backbone to ministry is how I want to say it. We are such a beautiful backbone to all ministry work. And I love it. So today we're going to talk about Katarina. Luther. She is the wife of Martin Luther, who spurred on the Reformation, the famous Reformation that broke away from the Catholic Church. And so, we're going to talk about her today. She was at born in 1499, and she was actually a um, uh, convent girl. So she was kind of raised towards uh, becoming a nun. Uh, there was other nuns in her family, and. So she had gone into the co- uh, the convent at an early age and devoted her life to becoming a nun. Well, this is around the same time that the Reformation is happening. And there's this huge kind of firestorm of people talking about this Reformation, talking about sola scriptura, which means... You know, scripture alone about getting people back into the scriptures and and outside of all this tradition all these um things that are not biblical that had taken over uh christianity for you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds thousands of years um or like not thousands but like hundreds of years so like 1500 so about a thousand years we are really starting to see uh a decline in Uh, biblical Christianity, you know, each generation just kind of brought in more and brought in more. If you've ever studied church history, you can just see that slow fade that was happening. So she's right in the middle of all that as a young girl in the convent, And as she was hearing about Martin Luther and hearing about the Reformation and and hearing what the stirring, she was like, I want to be a part of that. It really resonated with her. And so she and several other nuns had petitioned uh, Martin Luther to somehow help them escape because you couldn't just leave the the um, the convent. That just, that wasn't how it worked. So you had to escape it. Otherwise you would be under extreme discipline for leaving. There's a lot of abuse that has, that goes on in the co- the covenant, um, in the convents. And um, even to this day, like if you would do some studying on abuse in the convents, um, the nuns have gone through some really horrific things through the centuries um, in these places. And so Martin Luther had, um, there was a, a wagon that had came in and they were delivering supplies and there were several nuns who wanted to escape. And so they were somehow able to get on this wagon and like hide between the the, the supplies within the wagon and they were taken off. And then uh, Martin Luther had gotten them out of the city and in into safety and so they stayed in different homes and eventually they all got married other than Katarina. She was the only one who had not married. She had several suitors, but she wanted a man like Martin Luther. She wanted somebody who loved God and had the guts to really, um, you know, stand up for truth and stand up for what was right. And had li- it, it was laying his life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she, it, at the time she was like, there really, it was like only two guys that she thought were had what she wanted to be a part of and martin luther happened to be one of them and martin luther at first was just he wasn't sure they want to get married you know a lot of his friends and colleagues were like you know you you're so busy with this reformation you're under such persecution you're you have to do all these writings and teachings and you're you're spurring on a movement to break away from the catholic church was was which was no small thing i mean his life was in danger all the time but after much prayer He did believe that he was to marry her. And so they did get married in 1525. She was 26 and he was 41. So they had a significant age difference, but she was such a helpmate to him. She really was Martin Luther's backbone she uh opened their home up um, and turned it into a boarding house for other um people who were re- coming out of the Catholic Church or other people who were becoming part of the the Protestant movement this new Reformation and she'd bring them in and give them ref- ref- refugee ref- um you know refuge as they were uh, traveling from city to city getting out the the message of the Reformation she would um, have food ready for people fresh linens she ended up Giving birth to six children, I know she also had, had like a miscarriage or two. Plus, they had um, also taken care of orphans. They, she ended up raising like four different four orphans. I think one was like her nephew as well. And so she was a busy mom. And so she was raising up, rearing up these children and she was very passionate about teaching them the doctrines of grace, you know, really pouring the word into them. She took that very seriously. Plus she had all these travelers coming in. She had other women that were coming out of the Catholic faith, um, she actually there was like queens and princesses like high prominent people women that were coming out of the catholic faith as well and she was helping to teach them and and guide them in the truth of the reformation and the doc what we would call the doctrines of grace uh the the, uh, scripture alone for the glory of god alone the five solas And, and so in Luther would come home at night and he would read to her, you know, the things that he was writing and the things that, you know, he was, um, his sermons and his teachings and the teachings that he was getting out there. And she would actually go over all of his teachings and she would help, you know, um, you know, maybe bring it more make it more cohesive or maybe you should add this or take this away i mean she was a very intelligent woman she knew doctrine she knew theology and she was definitely you know his backbone she was definitely the crown on his head and he really looked to her for these things she you know wasn't just a woman that stayed home and cooked and cleaned and though she did do those things but she was also a woman who helped uh, get the teachings out there get the theology out there get the doctrines out there helped other women do the same that you know, poetry became very popular during this time where the women would actually write out the doctrines of grace they'd write out the theology in in poetry and then they would pass it out and they'd pass out these poems and these these doctrinal statements and these things and so she was really um such an amazing woman to look to. She also knew how to manage the home. She managed the finances, which was very unheard of back then. Women did not do that. And she did. She managed the home, managed the finances. She was literally um, exactly what Martin Luther needed. You know, we didn't come from the foot of man. We came from his rib, right? We came from his side. That's done on purpose. God was making a statement that this is your help mate she's going to be by your side. You guys are in this together to do the work and call in which I have on both of your lives. It's not just his call and his calling. It's your call and your calling as well. And if obviously the best, uh, partnership is one that is equally yoked, we think of a yoke where you have two oxen and the yoke is around both their necks. If you have one yoke, if you have one oxen that's just stubborn and not willing, it is, it's going to pull you away. It's going to pull you down. He's going to make, he's not going to let you advance or she vice versa. You can do he or she, but when both partners have their eyes on Christ have their eyes on the mission ahead, what God has called them to that yoke, that, 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 that wood will fit so perfectly around both of them, and they will be in tandem to move forward for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was Martin and Katarina. They both were laser focused on the mission. And that was to bring a reformation to the common people, to get Bibles into the hands of common people, to get the teachings, the doctrines of grace into the hands of the common people so they could read the word for themselves. And they themselves could decide if what the Catholic church was teaching was truth or not. That was Martin Luther's mission. That was his, that was what God had called him to. And Katarina understood that. And she was beside him the whole way. And she was also helping him do those things while she was raising six children, plus four orphans, plus having a boarding house, plus taking care of travelers, plus helping other women spread the gospel and spread through poetry and writings and all these great things that these women were doing. She was truly a legacy of faith. Now, Martin Luther did die before her. And when he died, he left her everything, which was another thing that was completely unheard of back then for a woman to have assets or to own anything was just not something that women did back then, but she did. So she had his assets and all of those things, but life was hard for her. She was under, again, the persecution like he was. Um, She ended up having to move. Then the black plague hit, like all these things were hitting, but she never stopped with the mission that her and her husband had. She made sure that the writings of Martin Luther continued on, and she would write them out, and she would get them out to the, the masses, and she would continue to get his writings and his teachings and his sermons out to as many people as she could. She kept on the mission of her husband until she passed away, and she did die at age 53. So she 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 did not live a, a real long life forever you know, compared to what we live today, but she spent her life devoted to the word of God. She spent her life devoted to the mission of the reformation. And that was just, it's such a beautiful story to me. And I, and I, I love getting this kind of stuff out there because I think of like Priscilla and Aquila in the scriptures. And we had talked about her when we went, we talked about her, when we went over Romans 16, you know, that they were really a team. They moved a lot, and everywhere they went, they set up a house church. Everywhere they went, they were preaching the gospel in the squares. They were helping people see the truth of of Christ in in and through the scriptures. They were dy- a dynamic couple that really helped Paul in his missionary journeys. Matter of fact, they actually helped him not die one time. Paul says, "Man, I, you know, I was close to death one time, and 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 they they came in and they helped him escape and." You know, they were willing to die for him. They were willing to be persecuted right alongside him. And, you know, I just think of how they were so equally yoked, Priscilla and Aquila. And she was an an intelligent woman. We believe that she knew the word, knew how to read and write, even though that was rare back then. That she would have been an educated woman. And it's just so beautiful to see when husband and a wife can come together as one and really be on the same page biblically. And how do we do that? We do that by keeping our eyes on Christ and in his word and being obedient to the word of God and submitted to the word of God together, not making excuses, not saying, well, I'm called to this. And so it's all about me. But we are when we are submitted to each other's gifts and each other's callings, when we are submitted to um, the fact that we are a team and that you have been given gifts and I have been given gifts, and how can we take these gifts and merge them together to become this team that then, then goes out and makes a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we see that in Katerina and Martin. And Martin, even though... Like I said, he really wasn't sure that he wanted to get married. It, he didn't. They were kind of people were telling him not to get married. They thought it would be a distraction, you know, and he realized that Katarina was on the same page with him and that they that he a helpmate was not going to be a hindrance to him, but was actually going to be what helped further the Reformation movement by having her by his side. And that's what we need to be. We need to be the helpmate to our husbands. And, you know, what is it that they're called to do for the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is it that God has called them to do and help spur them on in that, you know, pray for them, uh, continue to speak life over them and into them uh, with their gifts and callings. If we know what their gifts and callings are, then we continue to speak into that. You are gifted in this area. You are called to be this. You are, um, I'm here to help you. I want to you know, keep a good home for you. I want our children to be reared up in the Lord. I'm going to teach them the word and help them to respect you and to honor you. And and I'm going to do everything I can to help gird you up in your gifts. And also men, not that men really listen to my podcast, but if by chance you are, it is your job to to know the gifts that are in your wife and be speaking into her life, speak into those gifts, and also help her be using those gifts for the body of Christ. You know, it's not all about you. You know, it's, it's about both of you taking the gifts that God has given you, bringing them together as one, doing more together than you ever could have done alone, and becoming one unit, one team for the gospel of Jesus Christ. My husband has done an amazing job speaking into the gifts and the callings in my life. And he has submitted himself to my gifts and my callings. And he wants to gird me up and he loves me like Christ loves the church. He understands that I am a daughter of the King, that I was chosen for salvation to bring God glory on this earth. And he wants to make sure that I'm using my gifts and my talents to honor the Lord. Now, God first, and then my husband, my husband is my first, first and most important ministry. And he will tell you that I am his first and most important ministry as well. And so we are putting each other First and, and loving each other, and I'm respecting, and honoring him, and submitting to um, his, his leadership. And he is submitted to the gifts and calling to me. And he is loving me like Christ loved the church. He gets up every day and and thinks of of how he can serve me, how he can love me, how he can help me, and and walk out and be perfected before the Lord. And he knows it's his job to lead me in that. That um, that he's to present me perfect before the Lord someday, and and that he is going to be accountable for uh, washing me in the word and, and and who I become as a woman. And so we take both of those roles very seriously, the biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. We take those roles very seriously in our marriage and we love each other very much. And we are both sold out to Jesus Christ. That is our life mission. That's all we both want to make Christ known and love people and serve them. And so it wasn't always like that, but Uh, You know, the early years were definitely more difficult when we were younger, but it has definitely, we took our eyes off uh, each other, took our eyes off the world and put our eyes on Jesus Christ and his word. And we uh, obey that. And that's what made it so beautiful. And that's what was so beautiful about Katarina and Martin Luther is that they both understood that it wasn't about them, that it wasn't about them individually. It was about Christ And then representing the covenant of Christ that he has with his bride and that their marriage needed to be a marriage that would represent the call on their lives and that would represent Christ with his bride and represent the fact that we have a job to be done here. And they took that job seriously and they did it together. And so that is so beautiful. And so uh, I just want to pray, Lord, for whoever's listening to this, Father, first and foremost, if they are married, I pray over their marriage, Father, that they would be equally yoked together with their eyes fixed on Christ and the glorious inheritance that awaits us, that they would see that their the greatest mission here in this world, in this life, is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself to go and make the gospel known, making disciples in all four corners of the earth in any way that you have called us to do that. I pray for, uh, the wives to just submit and honor and respect their husbands. I pray for the husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Father, I pray over the children of the families father for as women that we continue to teach and pour into our children, that the husbands are discipling the children and loving them and showing them the grace and mercy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray for anyone who's single listening to this, that they would not settle for less. They would not settle for anything less than somebody who has sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and they will know that they're sold out by their action fruit, not just by profession. And so that they will be married to somebody that they're equally yoked with so that they can go and make a dynamic impact for the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you that you continue to use your daughters in dynamic ways, whether it be married or be single, you use us to do great things for your good and our glory. And we you're our good and your glory. And we do thank you for that. And I ask that you just bless each and every person that hears this podcast or watches this YouTube. And God bless you, sisters. I love you so much. I'm always here for you. Anything you need, contact me. I'm here if you have questions or you need anything. I'm your girl. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours. One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys. Until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.